I'm teaching a series right now called Family Foundations, and the Word of God has a lot to say about how your family can be blessed. When you do it God's way, you experience so much blessing, don't you? Aren't you grateful for that? Now, last week, I talked about how to be a good parent, and I would say even more than normal, if you missed that sermon, you need to go get on YouTube, get on the church app, and catch up on that message. That's going to help you. It's going to help you get so much biblical wisdom in you, and they will equip you to raise the kind of kids that you want to raise, kids that you would actually want to be friends with someday. So check out that message. Today I'm going to flip the focus the other way and talk about how to honor your parents. Honor your parents. All the parents got excited, right? Like, you're like, amen. One parent's like, yes, this was the day to bring my kids to church. Yes, yes. And I just want to start out by honoring my grandparents, Arnold and Judy Rosenboom, who came into town for my little brother's wedding, and they've been married 62 years. Isn't that awesome? Yes, I see it. They're in the back of the room in Mesa here, and they have three children who love Jesus. They've got 10 grandchildren who love Jesus, and they have 20 great-grandchildren, and those who are old enough are on track to love Jesus as well. They're on pace for 21 and 22 great-grandchildren. We told them we're going to get them to 25. After that, no promises. (laughs) But, you know, we're talking about building a family legacy in this series, and, you know, I just want to point out, like, my... My grandma, she had a lot of alcoholism in her family, but she decided at a very young age, I'm going to serve Jesus. And look at how God has blessed their family and the generations after them. You know, we sing a song in church about God's blessing being on you in a thousand generations and your children and their children. And some of you, maybe you're the first Christian in your family. And maybe you hear us singing that song and you think, that's a really nice idea. But I want you to know that if you'll follow the Lord, that can become a reality for you. God will bless your children and their children. And you'd be surprised how your faithfulness will translate to generations after you coming to know Jesus never being the same. And that's what we want. So if you're the first believer in your family, keep going. If you're a one of many in a long line of believers, you are really keeping it going and making a, a legacy that's going to impact generations to come. So honor my grandparents, honor my parents, and I'm grateful for this opportunity to talk to you today. Thank you so much. So I'm going to talk about how to honor your parents. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says this, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Okay, so this is one of the big ten commandments for God. That's how important it is. He gave ten big commandments to Moses in the Old Testament. And this was the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. It's so important. But I want to say right up front, because I know that a lot of you, when we talk about honoring your parents, you immediately start to have an emotional reaction. Because maybe you had great parents, and you're thankful. Maybe they've passed away and you miss them and it makes you sad. Or maybe you didn't have great parents. Maybe you had absent parents or parents who hurt you. And so you're immediately beginning to wrestle with angst in this moment. And the pain of your past maybe is first in your mind. I want to say right up front, you know, every parent is flawed. Amen, parents? There are no perfect parents. But the flaws in our parents are not an excuse to dishonor them. 
like we've talked about recently, you honor the position even if the person isn't perfect. You got to appreciate the fact that you wouldn't be alive without them. Whether you have a great relationship with them or not, that's who God chose to bring you into this world. That's who God chose to raise you. And then third, it's interesting that your, your parents, that's who God used to make you unique. For better or worse, their DNA combined, and that was exactly the combination that God needed to create you. Their personalities, their, their traditions, their sense of humor, that's what shaped you to somewhat see the world the way that you do. Some of you are like, well, yeah, but my, my biological parents, they didn't raise me. They didn't treat me good. Uh, they didn't even plan to have me. And I want you to understand this. There are illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate children. You are not an accident. God has a plan for your life. God wanted you to be created, and he was more interested in creating you than your parents' parenting skills. He has a plan for your life. And we're going to talk today about how to honor your parents. And your relationship to your parents changes at each stage of life. And so that's going to help you regardless of how old you are, young you are. This message is going to help you uh, to honor your parents. So here's the first stage of life. As a child, you honor your parents by obeying them by obeying them. You do what they ask. <laughs> you do it quickly. You do it cheerfully with a good attitude. And we've, we've said recently, the only time you don't have to honor and obey authority is when they tell you to do something that is clearly a sin. If it's a sin, if it directly violates God's law, that's when you don't have to to obey, okay? Just, but let me clear that up. Like, young people, when your mom tells you to turn off your video games, that's not a sin, okay? Like, don't try to pull that on me. It better be in the Bible. Otherwise, you obey. They shouldn't have to tell you, young people, three times. They shouldn't have to yell at you. If your parents are repeating themselves and yelling at you, trying to get you to obey them, it's not their bad. It's your bad. Amen. It's not them being naggy. It's not them being mean. You are the one who should have obeyed them the first time. Young people, if your parents yell at you a lot, that's because you already taught them. That's the only way they can get you to do what they say. Yeah. Ephesians 6.1 says this. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, and I want to talk about that. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life full of blessing. How many of you say, I want things to go well for me. I want a long life full of blessing. There's a promise that if you obey your parents, things will go well for you. You'll have a good blessed life. And the opposite is also true. If you don't obey your parents as a child, things will not go well for you. It could actually shorten your life. And maybe you'd say, Pastor Ryan, that sounds like a threat. I'd say, it is. <laughs> it's a threat. <laughs> but it's a warning because God loves you and he wants things to go well for you. I wanted to tell you a story about when I was a child and how I obeyed my parents, but I really don't have any stories to tell like that. So I'm going to tell you a Bible story instead. <laughs> uh, Genesis 29 says this. So Isaac the son of Abraham, called for Jacob, blessed him, and said, You must not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go at once to Padan Aram 
and marry one of your Uncle Laban's daughters. May God Almighty bless you and give you many children, and may your descendants multiply and become many nations. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings he promised to Abraham. May, your own, may you own this land where you are now living as a foreigner, for God gave this land to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob away. Now Esau, Jacob's brother, he knew that his father Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him to find a wife, and that he had warned Jacob, you must not marry a Canaanite woman. He also knew that Jacob had, what's that word? Obeyed his parents and gone to Padan Aram. It was now very clear to Esau that his father did not like the local Canaanite women. So Esau visited his uncle Ishmael's family and married one of Ishmael's daughters in addition to the wives he already had. Okay, so here we got two sons, Jacob and Esau. Isaac tells his son Jacob, I don't want you marrying these local girls. These local girls, they got issues. They worship idols. That's not for you, boy. I want you to go and marry, marry you a woman of God who serves the same God that you serve. How many of you know that's important? It's important to have shared faith in your family. He said, I want you to go marry a woman of God. Now, his other son, Esau, he heard, he heard Isaac's instruction. He's like, my, my dad doesn't want me to marry a local girl. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to marry a local girl. How many of you were like that growing up? Your parents told you to do something. You're like, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to do the opposite. Well, here's what happened for Jacob, the son who obeyed. He, he left, and along the way, he had this incredible dream, the Bible records, where he saw a ladder from heaven and angels descending on this ladder, and God spoke to him there, and God said to Jacob, he's like, I'm going to confirm the promise I made to your forefathers to you, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to give you many descendants and protect you. Jacob woke up. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God. And Jacob continued on, and he met the one. He met Rachel. And the Bible says she was beautiful. He got him a beautiful wife who loved God. And then he worked for his father-in-law, Laban. That's a questionable choice, working for your father-in-law. And the Bible says Laban did not treat him right. Laban cheated him at times. But even though Laban tried to cheat him, God was busy blessing him, and he multiplied his wealth. And so Jacob, he came home later having received the promise of God to be blessed. He got himself a beautiful wife, and he was rich. And we read a story like that, and we're like, man, God is so good. Look how God blessed Jacob. I want God to bless me the way he blessed Jacob. And we celebrate what God did, but sometimes we overlook the fact that all these blessings, they started with Jacob obeying his father. He obeyed his father. You want to be blessed, honor your mother and father. And when you're a child, that's by obeying them. God has ordained three authorities, three types of authority on earth. It's in the home, your parents, in your church, and in government. And he says to honor authority. And we learn as a young child to honor authority in, first, the home. In the home. It's interesting to me if I think about the Ten Commandments. The first four are about honoring God. And the last five are about honoring people. 
So the first four about, you know, God says you'll have no other gods before me, make no idols, don't take God's name in vain, keep the Sabbath day holy. It's really about honoring God. And then right there in the middle is the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother. This is really where the command to honor God and honor people intersect. We talk about how Jesus is the manifest love of God on earth. He is God's love physically represented to us. Well, your parents are the manifested authority of God in your life as a child. Parents are our first authority figures, and they teach us the commands of God. Parents, when they discipline and teach their children the commands of the Lord, they're doing what God does for his kids. They make God's authority known to us. God decided to use parents to teach and instruct children to honor authority. And he says, if you do this, young people who who hear this message, if you do this, it will go well for you. It will extend your life. And if you grew up in the nation of Israel back in Old Testament times, dishonoring your parents, it could actually shorten your life. The Bible says that it really can be even a death sentence. In Matthew 15, 4, Jesus is quoting the Old Testament. Jesus replied, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. How many of you are glad they're not still enforcing this today? I'd be dead, you'd be dead, (laughs) a lot of you, right? In Exodus 21, it said, anyone who strikes father or mother must be put to death. So if you've got your kids with you today, just look at them and say, watch it. Don't push me, or I'll go Old Testament on you, right? I I think it's good as a child to think about, like, I don't want to act in a way that in Old Testament times would have been a death sentence, it's so important for young children to honor their parents by obeying them. It starts, you know, you think about little kids, a little child about to run out into the road in front of oncoming traffic, and mom yells, stop. And that child, when he obeys, that, that can extend his life. I remember when I was a young boy growing up in church, there was this older boy, and I thought he was really cool, and so I'd follow him around, and I would do what he did, and I wanted him to think I was cool, and he got into trouble, and I'd follow him. I'd get into trouble. My parents told me, I don't want you following that boy around. I don't want you, I don't want you getting into trouble with him, but I didn't listen. I didn't obey because I was going to do my own thing, and it did not go well for me. It did not go well for my rear end either. I got in a lot of trouble. How many of you young ladies, when you were young, your parents told you, I don't like you dating that boy. I don't want you, I don't want you dating him. And, and you're like, you didn't listen. And then you suffered and experienced pain because of it. People ask, you know, well, how long do I have to obey my parents and do what they say? Here, pretty simple advice. When you're living in their house, when you are under the authority of their household <laughs> and you're eating their food, you should obey them. You should obey them. When my mom, when when she was raising me as a young boy, she had this little jingle she would kind of sing to me. It was, listen and obey and don't delay. (laughs) You can steal that. Instead, I yelled and rebelled and I put her through hell. (laughs) And it did not go well for me. I paid the price. But you don't have to pay the price, young people. Obey your parents. It will go well for you and extend the length of your life. That's what you do when you're a child. Then when you get a little older, you become a young adult. This is the second stage. You honor your parents by respecting them. 
by respecting them. As you get older, you move out, you become a young adult, you no longer have to obey your parents. That's, that's not how you have to honor them anymore, but you do honor them by respecting them. That means you treat them as significant in the way that you talk to them, the way that you treat them, you respect them. Leviticus 19, verse 3, it says, Each of you must show great respect for your mother and father. Some of you have moved out of their household. You no longer have to obey them, but God's challenging you today. You do still need to respect them. It doesn't mean you don't see their weaknesses. You know, when you're young, you think your parents are perfect. They're your heroes. They can do no wrong. And then you get a little older, and you start to see their flaws. And then you become a teenager, and all you can see is their flaws. <laughs> right, your parents have, have weaknesses, and, and yet you're supposed to accept them and forgive them the way that they accepted you and forgave you. When you're a little older, you probably start to figure out some things maybe your parents don't know. Maybe you, maybe you see some things about the world that they don't see. And, and there are probably some things you're good at that they might not be good at. They might even have some blind spots where, where you have, where you don't have. They might not be as cool as you are. But that doesn't mean you're supposed to look down your nose on them. You should respect them. Look, if you're looking down on your parents... I want you to understand the only reason you can look down on them is because they let you start your life out standing on their shoulders. Amen. You, got to, you got to pick up where they left off. You have some benefits they didn't have. So yeah, they might have some weaknesses you don't have, but you should be thankful and continue to respect them. A lot of you, your, your parents didn't have Christian parents. You might be the first in your family to be saved, and, and you're trying to figure out how to raise your children as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. So if you're trying to figure it out, man, sometimes you might have to tell your kids, like, cut me some slack. I didn't have Christian parents like you have. You should be thankful. So how do you respect your parents? You do it by, I think it's important that we listen to them. We need to listen to them. Proverbs 13.1 says, intelligent children listen to their parents. That's in the Bible. All the parents are like, amen, that's what I've been saying. Foolish children do their own thing. You want to be intelligent? Listen to your parents. You ignore your parents, it's foolish. It's kind of sad that when people get older and they actually know some stuff, people stop asking them advice. They stop listening to them. Oftentimes, young people, they scoff at their parents, you know, like, you're, you're out of touch. You don't know what's going on with cultural trends. You don't know how to use hashtags properly, and you don't know how to use TikTok, what's wrong with you. You don't know slang, and you don't know what's going on with celebrities. And I, I, I want you to understand this, young adults, like, the reason your parents are a little out of touch with cultural trends is because they've been busy. They've been busy with this thing called a job taking care of you and raising you and keeping you from killing yourself. But there's probably still some things they could teach you if you listen to them. The thing is, you need to listen to them because, you know, the things that they're, they're maybe not aware of culturally, right? The things, how to use certain apps and what's going on and certain slang, like, they don't know maybe, but that's not going to cost them anything. Yet, if you don't learn some of the things that they do know, it could cost you a lot. It could cost you a whole lot. My my pastoral position is that the younger generation today, they do, they do a whole lot of publishing and posting and sharing their ideas. They don't do enough question asking. Yeah. 
and listening. I heard a pastor this last week, he said, you know, this, this young generation, they're the publishing generation, and we need to listen to them. And I say, that's very culturally astute, but it's biblically obtuse. I'll give you an example. Like, Jesus is the ultimate example, amen? When Jesus was a young boy, 12 years old, in Luke chapter 2, his parents lost him for a minute, right? They're no perfect parents. They found Jesus in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers of the law, asking questions and listening. And he was the son of God. If any young person maybe should have been listened to, it was Jesus, yet he was making a great example by asking questions and listening. Proverbs 6, verse 20 says, My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. If you follow the wisdom and listen to the wisdom of your parents, it will guide you, it will protect you, it will lead you to life. And if you're someone that says, I don't have Christian parents, what about me? You should get you some spiritual parents who will mentor you and counsel you and share wisdom with you and then listen to them. doesn't mean you have to obey them any longer because you're an adult. doesn't mean you have to take all of their advice, but you'd be foolish, the Bible says, to not listen. Even parents whose lives aren't perfect, maybe parents who their lives are even falling apart, it's, it's crazy how oftentimes they still have insight into what's good for their kids because they know their kids, right? So I think it's so important that even if your parents aren't perfect, listen to them so you don't repeat some of their mistakes. That's what they want for you because they love you. Listen to them. And then you get a little older oftentimes. The third stage of honoring your parents is as an adult, you honor parents by appreciating them. You honor your parents by appreciating them. Proverbs 23 verse 22 says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and don't despise your mother when she is old. Give your parents joy. May she who gave you birth... Be happy. How many of you, show of hands, some woman gave birth to you? <laughs> All of our locations at home, right? Some woman gave birth to you. Do you realize what a pain you were? <laughs> right? You got to appreciate your mom's sacrifice and your dad's sacrifice, the effort that they put into raising you. I'm learning more and more every day. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort just to keep a child alive let alone helping them get educated and, and succeed in life. It's time-consuming. It's demanding. So my question to all of you is, no matter how old you are, when's the last time you thanked your parents for putting up with you? And if your parents have passed away, when's the last time you thanked God for the parents that you had? Honor them by appreciating their sacrifice. It's expensive to raise kids, isn't it? According to the, the government, they say that today to raise a child to the age of 18 for a middle-income family costs $284,000 to raise the average child to 18. That doesn't include college. That doesn't include when they come back home. 
That's expensive, right? Think about all the, the nice things they could have had if they didn't have to spend so much money on you when you were growing up, right? They, they put you first and they sacrificed for you. They could have had amazing cars. They could have gone on vacations. They could be driving a Tesla right now and they're off-whites in Jamaica. They'd be like so happy, but instead they sacrificed for you. They had you. I heard one definition of a parent is someone who has photos where they used to have money. <laughs> but sadly, Western culture, our culture, is the only culture on earth that doesn't really respect its elders. The Asian culture, the Middle Eastern culture, the older you are, the more respected you are. And people value your wisdom even more. It's only in Western culture that we listen more to young people than older people. On one hand, it helps us to be very forward-thinking. On the other hand, we make a lot of stupid mistakes instead of learning from the previous generation. We have to honor the elderly. That's God's command to all of us. Honor the elderly in our society, in our church, especially your own mom and dad by appreciating them. If your parents are still living, they need to know they had an impact on your life. Stay in touch. Call them. Honor their significance. Don't make them always be the one to call you. We don't do enough appreciating in our culture. Just tell them, like, I I'm thankful to you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for, for providing for me. And then as you age, it's funny how the, the roles reverse. Now you oftentimes are called by God to provide for your parents. Some of you are doing that right now. You have parents living with you. You're providing for them. You're helping them. That's godly. That pleases God, and he will bless you for it. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother. And treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility, notice that, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. This is, this is important. Look at what it says. It goes on to say this. But those who won't care for their relatives, this is really heavy, especially those in their own household have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. That's intense, isn't it? God says the godly thing to do, the first responsibility that you have if you're a follower of Jesus is not even to serve at church, it's to take care of your own parents and serve them. To provide for them and to repay them by taking care of them. It doesn't mean that you have to let them take advantage of you. It doesn't mean they should be able to abuse you. It doesn't mean you have to uh, really bail them out if they're getting into trouble again and again and again. But what does it mean in a biblical sense? You gotta go back to Jesus' day and the biblical framework for what we read. In Jesus' day, there really was no welfare system like we have today. Whether you like it or don't like social security, right? In Jesus' day, social security was your kids. 
You have a lot of kids, and when you get old and you can't take care of yourself any longer, they take care of you, and this pleases God. And that's still our responsibility today, to take care of our parents. doesn't mean you have to, you know, buy them a mansion. That's not the responsibility that you have. But really, biblically, it means you make sure that they have shelter and food and clothing, that they have the medical care they need, that they're taken care of. If you have more and you can do more, then great, do it. And God will bless you for blessing them. The word of God says your first responsibility as Christians is to take care of your parents and grandparents. That shows your godliness. In fact, Jesus even says to imply you don't need to do this makes you a hypocrite. What does Jesus think about honoring your parents? Jesus says if you don't do it, your worship is a farce. That's why it's so important. It's so important to God. Think about this, right? Jesus Christ, he came into this world. He was God. He became man. He lived a perfectly righteous life that we could never live on our behalf. And then he allowed himself to be crucified to a cross and killed to pay the penalty for our sins. And while Jesus was nailed on that cross, the Bible records him making seven statements. One of the things that Jesus said on the cross was he was taking care of his mother. It says in John that he looked at his mother, his mother Mary, and he said, Dear woman, behold your son. He was talking about his friend John, the disciple who was there, and he spoke to John. He said, Behold your mother. And the Bible says John took his mother into his household and took care of her. Think about that. Jesus is on the cross. He's dying for the sins of the world. He's saving the world. And in that moment, what's he doing? He's taking care of his mom. He's taking time to take care of his mom. Do you think that it's important to God that we honor our parents by providing for them and taking care of them? I'd say it's really important. Some of you would say, well, you know, my parents aren't in my life. Or maybe they've passed on. Or I never knew them. Maybe they've passed and you hear this message and maybe you feel sad. Like, you, man, I can't put this into practice. You can. I say you can. You need to find a spiritual father or mother. You need to find some older couple in your church and honor them. Appreciate them. The people who will disciple you and raise you in your faith. You can honor them as parents. Respect them and listen to their advice and appreciate them and give them the gift of time. And those who are older in the room, I just want to say to you, thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you and your sacrifice. I know, I know you don't claim to be perfect, but I know you sacrificed along the way. Some of you would say, my parents hurt me. Maybe they abandoned me. They weren't, they weren't good to me. Maybe they're terrible parents. I want you to know that God takes it so seriously. If you were hurt by your parents, the Bible says God is going to judge that. Jesus said, it's better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and be drowned in the ocean than to cause a child to stumble. There is going to be justice for anyone who hurts a child. So I just want to encourage you, if you were hurt by your parents, God wants you to forgive them. He wants you to be free from that pain. And honestly, unforgiveness is bondage for you. If you're still holding on to unforgiveness towards your parents for what they did to you, you're the one who's in bondage, and they're still controlling you today. God wants you to be free. He wants you to have forgiveness in your heart. And in fact, the Bible says you cannot experience God's forgiveness if you're unwilling to forgive other people. And then I want to say this. There are some of us who would say, man, my parents really let me down. They disappointed me. They didn't always do what I hoped they would do. 
And it could be that you're expecting your parents to do what only God can do. The reason that some people are hurt by their parents and disappointed by their parents is because they want their parents to be who only God can be. It's so helpful to to think and remind ourselves, my parents aren't God. I said it last week, but parents make lousy gods. They're imperfect. And if you're expecting them to do what only God can do, you're going to be continuously disappointed. It's going to hurt your relationship, and it's going to hurt your ability to be a parent to your children. You've got to let God do what only he can do. And you've got to let God be who only he can be. God can be the father that you always wanted. He can be the parent that none of us could ever have. Because he's perfect. His kindness is unfailing. His love is perfect. He is our provider and our protector. The thing is, I want you to understand this today as we come to a close. Online, Mesa, Awatuki, all of our church. Understand this. You're not automatically a child of God. By default, through sin and our own sinful choices, we're far from God. The Bible says we're enemies of God. We deserve, the Bible says, death for our sins. The thing is, people who die being far from God, they're going to spend eternity paying the price for their sins. The Bible talks about hell. It's a real place. It exists. It's a place of eternal anguish and suffering. It's basically people who told God their whole lives to leave them alone. God said, okay, I'm going to give you what you asked for, for all eternity. Nobody wants to go there, but a lot of people choose that path. The thing is, you don't have to go on that path. You can be forgiven of sin. You can be made right with God. You can actually become a child of God. And it comes when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. We believe he is the son of God. We trust in his sacrifice to save us. We believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that he's alive and that we're made alive in him. That's faith. And we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. And some of you today, you say, I don't really know where I stand with God. I don't know if I'm right with God. Maybe your parents were religious and you're trying to ride on their coattails. Doesn't work that way. You've got to choose for yourself whom you will serve. If you've never accepted Jesus, then this could be an opportunity for you to be made right with God today. This could be your life-changing moment. If you're like, I don't know where I stand with God. Maybe you had some church experience in the past. You consider yourself religious, but you're like, I don't know if I'm right with God. I I need to recommit myself to Jesus today. This could be your life-changing moment. The day you decide, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to ask everyone just to bow their heads and close their eyes for a moment. And if you say, that's me, you're talking about me. I want God to be my father. I want to be forgiven. I want to receive eternal life through Jesus, knowing that God's my my father, my protector, my provider, my counselor. I want God to be a loving father to me. If that's you, then this could be your opportunity to accept Jesus today and have your eternity changed for the better. If that's you, then I'm just going to lead you in a prayer, and I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Just pray this and say, God, I need you. I need you to save me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross so my sins could be forgiven, and I believe that he rose again so I could have eternal life. I want to follow Jesus from this day forward. I want to serve you, God, for the rest of my days. I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.